I'm Jakub Wecht, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the role of the chief technical officer in a business. We're chatting about what a CTO does, what the key areas of responsibilities are, and how a business knows if that CTO is uh, yielding results. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how your SME business can utilize a a cloud CTO to keep up with the best. Today, I'm joined by Brendan Haskins, uh, MD and CTO of your (laughs) cloud CTO. Well, the one and only employee. The one and only. Absolutely. Brendan, welcome. Thank you very much, Jackie. Thank you for having me. So we always start the show by just uh, give us a little background. How did you end up where you uh, are today? So, well, I mean, in... in (laughs) I had to get through a lot of traffic to get here, actually. So, yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> so, uh, but if, if not physically, I suppose from a career perspective, is probably what you mean. Um, so, actually, I I came from a, a sales background in the IT industry. I started off in sales uh, many many moons ago. Um, I always had an interest though in the technical side of of how things worked from a technology perspective, which I think certainly enabled me from a sales point of view. Um, I've always always. Uh, always concerned with understanding the solution, how it works, uh, to ultimately believe in the technology behind whatever I was selling. Uh, probably about 13 years ago or so, 14 years ago, um, some uh, some friends and I started a business uh, in, in the cloud space. Um, and that's... Um, it's early pioneering days. It sounds like uh, not that long ago, but I mean... No, it's it, pioneering. It really was. Uh, in, in South Africa, you know, we went to a lot of companies talking about cloud and they, they didn't really know what it, what it was that we were trying to articulate. Um, a lot of people thought it was a bit of a fad. Um, even the role of a CTO um, at that time was, was, wasn't really something that was common. So, you know, I, I ended up being a CTO actually by default. Um, just being of the shareholders in the organisation, the most technical, um, the te- mo- yeah, so sort of most technically enabled uh, one, I took on the role of the, of the CTO in the organisation because the cloud technologies that we're working with and building and trying to sell was so inherently technical um, that it was really important that that was a, a core um, and uh, sort of share you know, the, a shareholder, shareholder role in the organization. We actually went through a, a couple of technical uh, people uh, whilst, we're, whilst we're building up that cloud business, but it became such a critical role that I decided to, to step into it out of a sales role <laughs> and, uh, and effectively just from a de facto perspective became the CTO. Um, and yeah, look, I'm really grateful for it because it's, it turns out to be exactly uh, the kind of the role that's made for, for me and uh, I've really enjoyed it over the last few years. And so then you did that for for a very, very long time, 13, uh, 15 plus yes, years. Yes, yeah, so I've, I mean, the organization changed names, I suppose, but ultimately I stayed in the same organization for the last 13 years. We had different shareholders, um, different. we went through different acquisitions, um, but ultimately I stayed in the role of the CTO, and I've done that now probably for the better part of, of 10 years uh, in, in, in that CTO role. So okay. effectively, initially I fulfilled the role of a CTO, but... I was, I was probably one of three people in the organization, so it was more of a generalist role. Um, but then once the organization grew, I took on the role formally. Um, that was probably about 10 or 11 years ago now. Okay. Well, that's actually, it's teed it up perfectly, so let's, let's get into it. So, <laughs> so what, what, the, what is a CTO? Uh, so I, I suppose I can only really speak from my context, and uh, well, I mean, I've obviously got a lot of experience. I've met many other CTOs. CTOs can be can be many things, and it really depends on what the organization's um, market is and, and, and what it is that they're doing. 
But um, the typically in organization, it's the person that's in charge of all the technical and technology elements of a business and articulating what the technology needs to do to help the business achieve success and whatever that success might look like. So every organization is going to be different. So the a CTO, CTO role is not, is not something that's very cut and paste, but typically in general, it's looking after the technology strategy and, and all the technical elements of a business. Um, and those are becoming bigger and bigger parts of businesses. So, so you actually, when you started now, you spoke about, you know, when you started out 15 years ago with, with that, that specific business that, that you were talking about, that the CTO role wasn't that prevalent or defined in, in business. So, so what, 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 was, what was it before the CTO role and, and sort of why has the, has the industry gone to the point where the CTO position is so key? Um, so I think before, a lot of organizations had IT managers or IT directors, um, and they would have operational people, and they would have a few different areas that kind of looked after different pieces of the technology puzzle. But IT was always seen as kind of a, a necessary or an unwanted expense in the business. It was never, it was never, it was a <laughs> famous cost center. Yeah, exactly. It was always no, a cost center. Money. Yeah. And it was always what no one understands how it works and it's always a problem and it's, it always, it's always costing money and the IT manager is always asking for more. So it wasn't always seen as an enabler. And I think with the advent of cloud technology, um, these technologies have allowed businesses to use technology to their advantage more and more so. You know, beyond the days of a server room and some laptops and things like that and networks that the IT managers need to take care of, with everything moving into a more consumer-driven uh, product stack where it was uh, where, where products have been designed with what the, what the people that are using it need and want out of the technology. And, and because of how we now buy technologies, it's allowed that technologies have to be you know, they have to be adapted to be wanted all the time. They have to be made better and have new features because people can end their subscriptions very quickly. So cloud technologies, I think, have bought, have made, they've done a few things, but they've, but one of the, the key things is, is they've enabled businesses um, and put technology at the core of many businesses' strategy. And so that became, you know, that's probably one of the reasons that a role like a CTO um, evolved and became very um, sort of you know very important for business to businesses to have. And uh, you actually touch on something now. Um, I haven't even thought about it, uh, you know, in in my prep for today's conversation. But you actually said it um, now that the it's 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 a technology role, but it ba it basically is critical to the business strategy. Um, so it's not, uh, and, and, and to me, almost if I think back around, uh, you, know, you know, my perception of what that typical IT manager is that you, that you were talking about now, is that sort of, I'm just technical. I, I, I don't want to get involved in sales or business strategy or anything like that. But technology, you make a decision now and the business has to live with it and it can benefit the business or give it a competitive advantage or, or, or the other way. Absolutely. So, so what what is um, what, what would the, the sort of the key areas of responsibility be? I, I know we s spoke about te technology now, but if a CTO had to start talking or start working for a business today, or if you had to deliver services to a to a business as a CTO, what what would you map out as sort of the key areas that a CTO would focus on and the boxes that he needs to to tick? 
Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, I think every business has, has is going to have a different requirement out of a CTO. The businesses that I um, have spent my time in um, as a CTO, we're very much in the aggregation of technology space. So that meant different things. But I still had to fulfill the typical kind of roles that you would expect of a CTO, which is probably internal IT technology. So what is it that we're running? How is it run? How is it made compliance? And compliance has become a bigger and bigger a part of these technical roles um, as we've had things like papaya come into play um, and become into legislation. It's become more and more important. And also, I suppose, depending on what, what your organization looks like, I mean, I know you've um, been involved in listed organizations. They've got far more compliance requirements. Mm. That becomes that becomes quite a key part of the strategy. Um, the, often then, you know, the teams that are that are built to assist the, the business with their technology. Um, in my role, there was teams to assist the business, but also to assist our customers. And because it was a technology aggregation business, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of teaching that had to happen, a lot of help that's needed, a lot of support that needs to be put in place for the different technologies. Um, and then I think a fundamental part is understanding the, for me, I suppose the most key part is playing the role of translator between technology and business. Um, oh. and so that's, that's, that's really, if you do nothing else, that's, that's, that's probably the best thing that you can do is, is to sit and to understand what it is that the business needs and to look at the, the technologies that you're either using or what, what could be made available and actually do the translation between um, you know what how, how technologies can translate into successful outcomes for the business or how they can uh, you know uh, enable automation or optimization of business processes um so so yeah th th that's really um you know if you go and look at a, at a technology a service has probably got a list of different things that it can do but it's mm -hmm. not always um, it's not always obvious how that can help the business or sometimes what seems obvious is not always the right technology for a business. So playing that role, you know, doing the translation, I think is probably probably the biggest thing. And that's going to have a whole bunch of different areas that spin off of, from that because you have to continuously evolve that as well. Uh, and and uh, you, you're making today quite easy because you, <laughs> you're just teeing it up one question after the next. So um, in that um, in that role, uh, as you say, that, that that translation between business and 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 the technology component, uh, which historically are like cats and dogs, um, uh, that it's an ongoing thing. It's not uh, you you have a, a whiteboard session uh, at the beginning of the year, and then for the next five years, you you never talk about it again. It is what it is. I think that's. I think maybe that's what suited me the most about the role that I've had in this space is, is its constant evolution. There's no time to sit still. Technologies are evolving rapidly. Requirements for technologies are evolving rapidly. Things like, um, you know, the way that we access technologies, the bandwidth that's required, um, the quality of technologies, the, the data that's, that technologies are producing and that needs to be stored, um, the security risks that are continuously, um, also continuously evolving. You know, there's threat vectors that are continuously changing. So the security continuously has to be improved. Um, and, and also, you know, as the, as the organizations grow that are using these technologies, more is, more is required of, this, of these technologies. So, you know, often technologies start very sort of cutting edge, but they become quite mainstream pretty quickly as soon as competitors start releasing, you know, similar sort of things. If you think of, you know, something like um, probably even like uh, like a, 
an email solution when the first time it was hosting the cloud was cutting edge, but now it's just now it's just a standard requirement and yes. it's expected and it's expected to work. So then you now if you want to start you know in those spaces as a software as a service business, you've got to continuously evolve your product capabilities and get back to you know get back to the cutting edge space to attract more customers or to service more requirements. But there's a continuous or to prove value for that matter. Exactly, yeah, yeah. or yeah, and 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 so you've got to continuously improve yourself. Um, but then also bring those cutting edge things back into the sort of operational layer and keep, you know, sort of keep evolving and, and keep innovating. So because of that, obviously, in these technical roles, you can't just kind of set and forget. You've got to, you've got to keep, you know, you've got to keep growing and keep evolving. So, you know, I've always compared it to, you know, building a, a sports car uh, on the highway and constantly changing it while it's doing 140 k's an hour. You know, you, you, you've got to keep replacing components, improving the components, making it better, faster, more stable, all these sort of things, but while it's moving. So that's how businesses work in the space. You know, it's this continuous, this continuous evolution. Um, then our industry is, is uh, renowned for all of the, the TLAs, the three-letter acronyms that we so so love. <laughs> That's actually the first time I've heard that. So I'm going <laughs> to borrow that. If so, you don't mind. Um, so we've got now this chief technical officer mm. or CTO. Then we also have CIO. Yes. Uh, and and even for me, sometimes you know, I'm I'm not really always sure what's the. the they seem to be. Is it, are there are there offices adjacent or or <laughs> is there is there gray areas? What is the difference between a chief technology officer and a chief information officer? Um, so, yeah, once again, I think it's down to the organization. So um, CIO certainly was, I think, an earlier term. Um, CTOs okay. have become more, definitely it's more in the development and software development space. Um, that's typically where you see a, where you see a CTO role. Um, in the space of aggregation businesses that I've come from, that's also, it's very technology-led. It's very technology-focused. It's about using and finding the best technologies around there and, and doing that whole sort of articulation process. How can a business use it or sell it or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because mm-hmm. often these things are very technical, but now you sell it. But so now you have, to be able to, you have to be able to help the sales team understand what it is that they're selling and how they can sell it, but they don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to understand the, the core sort of underlying technology. Now, CIO role in the information officer space I think is definitely more sort of compliance focused, more around managing the information security or you know the, the the use of information inside of a business. So it's not always necessarily a very technical role. It's often okay. more operational and more and more you know, more from a governance perspective. I think that CIOs are are typically standard CIOs, but all of you know now it becomes you know they're evolving into these CXO roles because now you need a CISO, you need a CSO or a CTO or a CIO, and they all are often you know they all sort of um, overlap in, in certain areas, but they do all have their specific strengths. So you know, the IO in the information space, and the SO in the in the security space, and the and the and the TO in the technical or technology space, I think is and then, And I, I assume as you, because um, this is sort of where I'm getting at now, where, where um, I spend most of my time in the in the small to medium enterprise space. Yes. Um, it's, it's rare in the SME space that there's full-time IT staff. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a sort of a general practice that uh, in, in our business, uh, my my team always talks about the IT guy. We we get to the customer and they've got this IT guy there, which is typically some third-party insourced or outsourced um, service provider. Um, and then 
I think historically in this SME space, uh, um, technology sales was was uh, I, I call it tech religion, or it was it was product driven. Mm. I'm coming to speak to you today uh, about Dell or HP, or I'm not coming to talk to you about your computing requirements or anything like that. Um, I'm wearing a shirt with a badge, and that's what I'm here. To, and the reason why you must buy it from me is because that's what I can sell you. Um, and and to me, I, I think uh, my view on it is is when you do that, obviously you you're selling a product, and and that's not necessarily aligned with business strategy, et cetera, et cetera. So the SME space um, is is often. Uh, dare I say underserviced or or yeah they they maybe sometimes get a raw deal because they they, they cannot it's not the nature of the business or, or the business cannot necessarily afford having that CTO type function. So what 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 is a how does a small business then then deal with that? Because you know just listening to you, um, every business needs a, needs a CTO role. You need to have that translator between what the business wants and you know what technology can deliver. And um, I think if you if you don't have that, then you're gonna you're gonna end up spending a lot of money on product. This year you're gonna buy this, and then if that service provider lets you down, you're gonna you're gonna be angry. And then next year you're gonna buy that, and there's never um, you know sort of closing the loop between what you set out to do and how much money you spent on it and did the technology deliver for you and all that type of stuff. So what is a, how does, what does a, a SME business do, do to sort of fulfill that? They still need the role, right? Absolutely. Um, I think probably more so uh, than, well, look, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of large companies that can afford the role and they have the role and that's yes. great. The companies that really need it are the smaller guys that are actually probably the most at risk from a technology perspective, implementing the wrong things, not understanding not understanding how they expose themselves as an organization when they when they implement technologies that put them out into the cloud. Um, and that's why it's it's normally technology decisions are like a, it's uh, my perception often is that it's a very stressful decision. Uh, it is, a, and it's probably, it's probably that, down that, to the best sales guy. So whoever gave yeah, the best sales pitch yes. or made them feel the most comfortable, that's the technology that they end up saying, okay, which is which is not necessarily the, the in fact, it's definitely not the right way. They might end up luckily with, with a technology that can um, help, but they probably haven't considered all the elements. So look, you've kind of described the reason I started the business that I've started last year, um, because I do believe that SMEs really need help in this space. The, we have a very strong community of MSPs uh, in the South African market, and 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 most of them do MSPs uh, being uh, managed service providers. managed service providers, which is typically the kind of organisation that's the IT guy, like you say, um, for these SMEs. So it's a friend, or it's somebody that they know, or or it's an organisation that they've that they've chosen to partner with. Um, and most of the time, those guys are doing really really great work. But the the downside of that is they will drive the technologies that they understand and know and are. Um, no, that's just in house for them. Exactly. The things that they've become familiar with or the technologies that they've got the best deal with from a commission perspective. So some of it is, is definitely uh, just financially that. driven. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's motivated because one vendor's got a better commission strategy or better rebate strategy than another. So those sort of things, that's not necessarily going to help the end customer make the best technology decision. So what which, I believe… Which, which um, ends up then influencing the, the, the business… Momentum, if you want to call it that, because the business 
wants to move at a certain speed or has a certain strategy, but nothing is nothing technologically is aligned. Absolutely. So yeah, the the technology is not necessarily being put there to help them. They're just ticking a bunch of boxes with the service provider, but that service provider has their own agenda. So yes. they are, they are acting in their interest as and and certainly in the customer's interest as well. But but like I say, they're gonna they're gonna bring in technologies that they that they like for whatever so, the reasons might so, be. So, or so as the SME owner or, or decision maker, it's quite a perilous uh, uh, road to walk because w- when the marriage is is working and nice, then it's then everything is good. But uh, if 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 the service starts in, impacting your business operations and the 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 marriage gets a bit rocky, then you know you're the one that made that decision. Yeah, and and you probably had risks. You're right. So those typically those relationships there aren't there aren't multiple service providers involved. There's typically just one. You know, there's one sort of incumbent, and um, and and those 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 relationships are often really really strong and really good. But you're right. If, if things start going wrong, then it is it's like this divorce, and now now the IT guys in control of all of your technology, and they've probably got all the admin logins and passwords and things like that. So there's many parts of these services that that businesses don't know that they really should be worrying about themselves. Um, worrying about the administration por- uh, portions of it, worrying about what the partners have agreed to from a TNC perspective on their behalf. Um, also, even understanding is the technology the right fit for the organisation? Is it too is it too much? Maybe they're spending too much, and they don't need they don't need a, a Ferrari. They just need a good you know a good Volkswagen. So you know they might have been oversold. They might have been undersold. So. And it's not often that they understand these gaps. Often the, the gaps in, in their security or in their technology come out when something goes wrong or there's been a breach in yeah. security. And then, then, the, then they're like, oh, very sorry. Yeah, uh, you know, the finger pointing yeah, starts. Exactly. And that, you know, then it's, why don't you recommend something like this? And look, you can't protect from everything, obviously. No. There's a reason that, uh, that cyber criminals are making money. It's because they're continuously evolving um, how they access or how they can um, uh, exploit organizations. So you know, if we were able to stop them in their tracks, they they wouldn't be in business. But so there's always you know you've always you've got to keep changing those strategies. But it's important. So I, th- I think what I'm what we're asking opportunity is for organisations to hopefully partner with someone that that isn't trying to sell a product, but the service that they're selling is a service that's strategic to that organisation, and then can work with them and their partners to say yes, okay, these technologies are great, or or, or here's a couple others that might be a better fit. Or here's maybe some other partners that you can look at. Even you and so I. That, so that's like an uh, that's like an uh, an o- objective alignment of what is happening in the business versus where the business is going. And 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 like you say, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you and I recently spoke about that. You know, if if um, f- uh, let's say from a catalytic perspective, when we go and speak to a customer, um, as two things. I think it's very, very hard um, to to in an hour to understand what the business uh, strategy is, so that you can align the service or the technologies with that. And then the other, the other key components, like you say, um, a business or, or uh, you know, Catalytic has a specific set of products and tools and solutions that it, that it can offer. The, uh, one service provider cannot be all things to all customers. Absolutely. Um, and I think what happens in that small to medium enterprise space a lot, I, th- I think, uh, like you said, the MSP can do a lot, but not everything. Exactly. And I think what happens in, a, in that uh, small to medium enterprise space a lot is there's assumption that because I'm buying a service from you, you you've got me covered. Exactly. We, we didn't necessarily have the conversation, but you know, 
you know, I'm buying the bulk of my stuff from you. So mm. surely, yeah. surely you've thought about this. Yeah. yeah. Why, why is it a problem? And you're right. So, um, and I, I think more and more organizations have to become more specialized. I think a lot of organizations, um, especially in South Africa, we've got a very um, entrepreneurial, uh, you know, fo- focused market. You know, people are out there just hustling. Um, and and that's great, but uh, but there's also there's room for companies to specialize, and for them to have multiple partners focused and working together to get an organization to where they need to be, and create like the sort of co-opetition within yes. organizations. So yeah. okay, if Catalytic could introduce someone that's a specialist in email security because you're not, the customer's going to be better off, and that partnership will actually probably um, be quite quite beneficial between your organization and that other partner because if you can team up and and really solve problems together like that, that would be a really like a really a really compelling offer i think for the market so i think yeah you know, a lot of people generalize and then will become generalists and then the customer also thinks that okay well if you're a generalist then surely you've thought of everything generally and it's it's not always the case yeah. so so if you show up at my sme business as as cloud cto um i'm going to say to you i I listened to this conversation. I I agree. I think I I think I need a, a I, I love that that uh, what you said around the translation between business and technology, and and I understand it needs to be objective. Uh, but Brendan, I I don't I don't know. It's not, I don't have a full time position. Um, I've got twenty staff. So, um, what are you going to do for me? Mm. Uh, how would this work? What, what should I as the SME be, be looking for that I know I'm going to get what I, I'm expecting or that I need, maybe rather that? Yeah, so I think, you know, what, 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 I, what I'm trying to achieve with Cloud CTO is to hopefully take um, the experience that I've gained in the market and be able to sort of productize that for a SME to use. But they don't have to use it full time. They can say, you know what, for for us to to understand what we need from technology from a strategy perspective, initially there's probably more time. So because yes. you know we'd have to spend time going through what they have, what they need, uh, where they're going, but sit with them as part of their organisation to become entrusted by them, um, to sit on at the executive level and and work with them and talk with them and and effectively you know while we're there would wear their hat and and. And behave as an employee because that's what we are. But we do fractional work effectively or subscriptive uh, services around CTO. So depending on the company's organization, I fulfill a few fractional roles as a CTO in organizations at the moment. And then and, and then we also have offers where, where they can subscribe to services or just have ad hoc services as well, which is all some SMEs might need is maybe a couple of hours a week to say, okay, cool, these are, these are the decisions we need to make. These are the suppliers and vendors that we're considering, or these are the problems that we have. You know, what what are the sort of technologies that can help, and who are the people that can help with it? And it's not to say that I know everyone or we know everyone, and we've we, we've got a we definitely have a bunch of partners and vendors that 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 I've grown to trust over the years. Um, but also, but the idea would be to have a look at at the organization's current service providers and say, great, look, I'm sure they're doing fantastic stuff already, and we can even potentially help coach them on some of the things that they need to uplift themselves around to help this customer. Um, so, so, or it might be that, okay, they're not interested in that, so great, let's, let's consider some other service providers to add into the mix to help cover you know, everything that, that they need from a technology perspective. So I think the idea is to just get, to get access to, 
to the, the, the level of skill that, that they would require um, to, to actually achieve you know, rapid success around technology in their business. Um, that's, you know, that's sort of the utopia. Um, other, you know, alternatives are for hiring, um, you know, hiring maybe a more junior person in the technology space to, to try and help them. And that's, that's going to have its, you know, its own pros and cons. So, so, um, I always, I always like to, to make examples real. My, my typical example that I use, uh, on the show is, uh, I'm, I've got a accounting firm, got a branch in Centurion in Cape Town and Durban, about 50 people spread out through those three, and we're accountants. But obviously technology is a, is a big deal for me. Um, if, if you and I've now realized that all of a sudden we're dealing with lots of problems because my technology is, is not getting looked after correctly and all that type of stuff. So um, how would I, everything that you spoke about that now, how does the the SME get the get the comfort that they getting what they what they should be getting uh, out of their current service providers or no. out of out of so cloud CTO? I'm saying I'm saying I listen to this episode. I understand we we've got massive gaps. I need a I need a, a call it a cloud CTO mm. or a part time CTO or whatever you want to call it. Fractional CTO. I like that. Yeah, that's it. So. Uh, I recognize the role in my organization. And then, like you say, initially we're going to start spend a lot of time and then eventually it might get to a one a month or once a quarter, like a proper review, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, all that type of stuff. But uh, I, from the get-go, I, I still have to sort of say, okay, right, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a leap of faith here. I've never really understood what it is in my business, but it makes logical sense. Let's go. Mm. So, so how do I know that? Um, how do I measure that my business is now gonna? I'm gonna fix the problems that I that I'm that I didn't know I had. If yes. I can call it that. Well, I think yeah, that's probably the hardest part. Is you, we're probably going to uncover together a lot of problems that they didn't even know that they had. Okay. But you know, these the conversations all start because of a pain point, typically. So, and and you know, solving that pain point or. Um, or, or building around it, you know, to make the organization be able to manage those pain points is probably the first measure of, of success. This is all outcome-based. So, yes. you know, they might say, look, we're spending far too much on technology and we don't believe we're getting the value out of it. Okay, great. Let's have an assessment around that. So it's a cost-saving exercise. Okay, let's see how we can save you some money. And there, once again, the, you know, the results going to be outcome-based. Like, we okay, we've saved money or we have put you in a position that you're now comfortable with the money that you're spending because you may be leveraging the technology correctly. Or there's potentially, you know, they're concerned about their security, their data compliance. Um, if the technology is helping them sort of from a competitive advantage perspective, you know, then it's going to be okay, great. You know, is the technology now yielding better better outcomes from a, a revenue perspective and, and that sort of thing. So I think these are all, you know, we, all st we always start with something, a problem to solve. And very often we uncover problems along the way, um, and those are if 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 nothing else, the company will if 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 we say great, thank you for your time, and uh, and we, we part ways, they will 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 certainly leave with them understanding more about the technology, with them having a lot of this, these things documented, with them having strategies in place around compliance, around security, around data evolution, around uh, technology evolution. So, and, and that to me is so critical. Uh, I mean, and part of the reason why I was excited to have this conversation with you was that's literally every single 
SME customer that, that we walk into have, I think, have a desperate and a burning need for this because, because otherwise, if you, if you don't have that and you're not clear around how the technology is working for you, you, you're basically just trusting a bunch of smooth salespeople, like you say. Exactly, yeah. And uh, you're exactly right. So, so, you know, companies need someone without, um, without those, you know, uh, those sales products behind them to help them you know, to come into the organization and be one of the employees and help them build uh, and, their own And the more clear a customer is around what they want and need, the easier it is for the service provider to give that to them. Absolutely. So, so it's actually like, yeah. a, like a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, often you know, often you come in because you because they've invited you in from a catalytic perspective because they think they need one thing, but you realize it's something totally different that's actually driving this requirement or the engagement. Um. Okay. Let's uh, let's let's uh, make it a even even more, more difficult. <laughs> so, if you look at twenty twenty four, and and I think you you spoke about this technology is is rapidly evolving. Sort of what are the what are the top priorities from a technology perspective or, or maybe predictions? It just seems like the world's going a bit nuts. There's elections all over the world and everybody's security ears are standing up. What what would you say businesses need to look look out for and and, and your beyond a look out for? What can we expect? Sure, that's uh, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I think off the top of my head. The, the biggest problems that South African organizations face um, in, in the short and long term um, is protecting their organizations from a security point of view. Um, the more we enable ourselves with technologies, the more things like AI advance in the marketplace, the more, at, at the, the more the, our organizations are at risk. And should you, um, you know, should someone, should your organization be breached from a security point of view? I mean, it, it can be catastrophic for some organizations where they can't operate, they can't access the data, they can't recover their data. Um, so I've, I've unfortunately been involved in a number of customers' um, problems where they've, where they've been hit with ransomware and been encrypted and, and had problems like that. And it's, 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 in, it can be incredibly difficult to overcome. So if you if you you got to lead you got to be suspicious firstly so every organization using technology should be suspicious people are out there trying to trying to make a quick buck they're out there they're absolutely trying to scam you all the time you so, can be a little four-man business in the in the waste rent selling cleaning supplies if you've got an online presence that people will try and steal money from you they will absolutely and so and i, I saw i saw just in my own messages that i received and emails and things like that i saw a massive increase over the festive season you know Yes. Criminals also have Christmas. Yeah. They also they also need to <laughs> they buy. Need money. <laughs> they also need to buy their kids' presents. Um, you know the the so so firstly security absolutely, um, and then I think you know the the big thing obviously you know everyone's listening and hearing about AI. Um, AI is not something at the moment. Um, I mean Elon Musk has got some views on it, but it doesn't need to be scary. It's an it's a massive enabler for me. Starting an organization, I've used AI in and out to help to help me get my my organization set up. Okay, um, it's, it can be incredibly powerful if you understand how to use it and where to use it. And the reality is that it's it's going to become an integral part of our lives, no matter no matter what we decide. So you can you can stick your head in the sand, I suppose, or or you can start understanding and embracing and and, and Please em- accept it and embrace it. Well, that's it, and, and understand how it can help your organisation. It's not here to replace people's jobs. 
Um, humans should be able to add the value that humans can add. And and the days are going away where humans should be there to capture data and to and to manipulate data and do things that are that are mundane and repeatable tasks. Machines can and will do that. Organizations will automate those parts away from the organization and and allow the humans to do what the humans should be able to do, which is which is use our creative minds, our intelligence to be able to solve problems for the business and move the businesses forward. So I think, yeah, embrace AI and but but be safe. You know, you be suspicious. Be suspicious, yeah. I like that. If, if it seems too good to be true, I promise you it is. Yeah, so, yeah, rather, you know, rather don't click that link. Um, okay, uh, and in last, last, last question. Um, if somebody listens to this and as I say it makes sense, let me let me give this, this CTO story a, a test run or a test drive. 140 on the on the highway. <laughs> uh, um, what 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 do they do? Um, so they can just go go to our website. It's uh, www.cloudcto.ca on LinkedIn um, as well, which is just on Cloud CTO on LinkedIn. And yeah, just drop us a mail and uh, let's let's understand the requirements. Um, you know, there's this we have multiple um, ways of, of from an engagement perspective so it doesn't have to be onerous it can be something short term long term um, and often people are just also looking for they know they have a requirement and they need someone for six months while they get themselves ready to have someone permanent that's also something we can help with is getting an organization to have a you know sort of a gap stop whilst and, and even help uh, source the correct people um, for them so so for me and, and again as I as I I I've believe after um, you know having thought about this quite a bit and, and having spent time with you that specifically in the SME space there's a there's a burning burning need we we can see it on a daily basis when we engage with our customers and 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 um, yeah I'm 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 very sort of interested in and semi vested in this journey I think we're gonna we can have a couple of conversations this year um, to see how this thing evolve but I mean I I think uh, it's definitely something from um, for for any customer, no matter how large or small, to say okay, I need an objective view of, of how to translate my, my business requirements into this technology. I, I love the way you put that. Thank you. Yeah, and, and look, a CTO is like I said, it's a different thing to different organisations. I've immediately been doing a lot of work in the space. That's 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 very easy for me. Which is companies that look like companies that I've worked at, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but there's but but utopia for me is to do more and more work in this in the small business space to help the, com- the to help those customers drive back into the market what they actually really need um, because also sometimes technology isn't evolving around the customer's requirement because it's the technology that's just been pushed into the customer correct correct instead of understanding what the end customer requirement is and then driving that back and making sure that the vendors are adapting their technologies to help. So that's also yeah, that's that's the utopia, I suppose. We, uh, yeah, and like, that's what I'm saying. I think we'll have a number of conversations this year uh, so. around this. Specifically, um, uh, one of my pet hates in in the world is is email. I think email is an unproductivity tool. It's not a productivity tool. But uh, the change management uh, in the organization as well. You know, as as the technology evolve, how do you how do you get the people to embrace it and and move with the times? Because sometimes that's also. But we're gonna have lots of conversations mm. about this. Brendan, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate your time and I appreciate being here. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. 
And remember, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, make sure that you visit catalytic.co.za. Cliffcentral.com